a few years ago, I was uh, just walking around downtown and went into that sports museum in Halifax, and there was this dinged-up dryer, and it spoke to me. Welcome to Book Me, sponsored by Nimbus Publishing and Arts Nova Scotia. I'm Costas Halavrezos. Today, author Leslie Choice. Love the phrase that economists use to categorize clothes dryers. Durable goods. It separates them from things like ice cream and tanks of gas that we use up quickly. One particular clothes dryer, however, can now also be categorized as a literary inspiration. It was already part of Canadian sports legend, but Leslie Choice has given it a voice and a new profile in his children's book, Sid the Kid and the Dryer which is illustrated by Brenda Jones. Leslie Choice, welcome to Book Me. Hey, great to be here. Now, Sid the Kid is, of course, Sidney Crosby of Coal Harbor, Nova Scotia. As uh, number 87 with the Pittsburgh Penguins, he holds all kinds of records in hockey, but uh, he's lagging way behind you in writing books. This is number 98, isn't it? Uh, 98. Yeah, I've been very, very fortunate. I've been writing for a long time. It's, it's a wonderful career. And for all ages. Absolutely. Yeah. I, this is really only my second little kid's book, you know, a picture book. You know, most of the others are for teenagers or adults, but I had a ton of fun doing this one. Now, how long ago did you hear about the importance of a clothes dryer in Sid the Kid's development? Well, probably a few years ago, I was uh, just walking around downtown and went into that sports museum in Halifax, and there was this dinged up dryer. And it spoke to me. And I had heard rumors about the, you know, Sidney Crosby, Cole Harbor down the road from me. And, you know, growing up as a kid in Cole Harbor and, you know, practicing in his basement. But when I saw the dryer, the dryer spoke to me. And I said, yes, there's a story <laughs> there. And the story is going to be told from the first person from this dryer. Now, we're used to uh, talking uh, train engines and talking tugboats, of course, uh, but they're animate objects. They get to move around in the world. H how much head-scratching did you do before coming up with dialogue for WP, I believe that's his name, who lives in a suburban basement? Well, um thought about it for a bit, and then I realized that, uh, yeah, dryer can have a personality, so a washer can have a personality, and then there's the two jacks. They're the jack posts like you see in people's basements that are holding up the house. And jack one and jack two. Yeah, jack one <laughs> and jack two. And there were the characters that I needed to work with. So, you know, little Sydney's going to come into the stories. He's a big player in there. But I wanted to come at it from a really unusual kind of angle. So as an inanimate object, yeah, there's the challenge for the writer. Well, let's hear what WP has to say. I'm probably the most famous clothes dryer in the world. My name's WP, short for Whirlpool. People come to this museum from all over to look at me. I guess you could say I'm retired, but once upon a time in a basement in Coal Harbor, Nova Scotia, Canada. Up until the time we arrived at the Crosby home, I was just an ordinary dryer. My friend Milton was just an ordinary washer. We were still shiny and new. Then two delivery guys drove us from the store in a truck, carried us down into a basement, and hooked us up. Finally, we get to see some action, Milton said. We had the basement to ourselves, except for a couple of tall, skinny guys named Jack. Hi, I said, what do you guys do down here? Jack 1 said, eh, we got a pretty important job. We're holding up the house. Jack 2 just nodded. Pretty quiet down here, Milton said. 
Just wait, Jack once said. Soon, a nice woman came downstairs with a load of laundry. Oh boy, Milton said, finally we get to show our stuff. He sloshed and spun away, singing the whole time. Then it was my turn. The heat felt good, and the rolling and tumbling was my kind of music. Man, this was the life I'd always dreamed of. Then it got quiet. Milton thought it was too quiet. How are you guys holding up? He shouted to Jack 1 and Jack 2. They laughed. Jack 1 said, man, that's an old one. Is it always this quiet, I asked? Just wait, Jack 2 said. So I waited. And we're anticipating the arrival of one Sidney Crosby. Yeah, he's young. He's just a little kid. And I did a bit of research, but I was mostly trying to focus on someone who's very young, who is passionate about a sport. I'm not a hockey player. I'm not even a really big hockey fan, but I like the idea of someone who cares so much about a thing that they love. For me, maybe it would be surfing or music, but for Sydney, it was obviously playing hockey, and he just worked at it all the time. Now, he's young in this story, and at one point he gets really, really discouraged, Sidney does. Do you have some experience of this as a, a, a writing teacher at Dalhousie? Because WP turns into his coach, in a way. Yeah, we all get discouraged, don't we? I mean, even after we think we're good at something, so I've been writing many, many books, and yeah, every once in a while, I think I actually know what I'm doing. And then I lose it. I lose my confidence. I uh, lose, you know, any ambition or thinking, you know, that I, I'm a skilled writer in any way. And I could always use a good coach to bring me back. Usually the coach has to be me. But if I can find an external source, I'll definitely go for that. But, uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, in that Sidney Crosby world there in the basement with these kind of interesting characters, you know, he needs to hear, a, uh, he needs to hear that voice of encouragement to bring him back to take him to the top of his game. Now, at, at this stage in your career, I'm, I'm rather surprised to, to hear that you might go to ex external sources for, for some inspiration or for a pep talk or to help you work through something when you're, you're lacking the confidence that you seem to have earned. You know, it's probably like sports are like anything else. We're only as good as our latest book. And uh, once something's been completed, once it's been published, I'm looking forward to what happens next. And I often try not to do the same thing again. So I think that said the kid in the dryer is just a, a very different thing for me. It's way out in left field, you know, very, very far off my plate of uh, what, I, what I normally write. And the, the test is going to be with the kids. You know, when kids start reading it, does it ring true? Is it funny? Is it interesting? You know, does it have spirit to it? Um, does it come across in a way that's not too preachy? You can't really be too preachy in a kid's book. I get a little message in there, but I guess the message came from Sidney Crosby or it came from anybody who wants to be the best that they possibly can in their sport. So there is the opportunity for kids uh, whose parents will or grandparents might possibly buy this book to to make that emotional connection. Uh, they, they might have heard of Sidney Crosby. They might already be fans but to see him so vulnerable in this book would be something new for them, I think. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, we all need heroes of some sort. You know, maybe minor, more literary heroes or even surfing heroes or even music heroes or something like that. Uh, but, you know, Sidney's this guy who inspires other people. And, you know, there's a funny little thing in there about, you know, wanting to be the best. Because the truth of the matter is we can't all be 
the best. And even the people who are the absolute best at their game, whatever it happens to be, whether it's writing or whether it's hockey, you're never going to stay there. You know, you need to evolve. And, you know, maybe that's the next level, the, you know, more adult version of telling this, this kind of story of, you know, what happens, you know, after the career, you know, we all need, you know, skills of survival and somewhere in the undercurrent of the story, there's a bit of that too. So, so what about that other uh, hat that you wear, and that is a creative writing professor at Dalhousie University? What, what kind of discussions do you get into with aspiring young writers? Uh, it's usually divided between the two things of the inspiration and the craft, the, the beautiful vision and the darn hard work that has to go along with it. It's got to be the, you know, the balance between those two. So, you know, maybe in the first quarter of a, a course like that, I love to talk about the warm, fuzzy stuff of, you know, yeah, you sit down at your computer and you just get these ideas and it's like, you know, somebody's talking to you from another planet or another sphere of existence. And, you know, if you just cultivate that and you do all these things, it just kind of flows out of you. And then I begin to temper it more with the whole thing of, and then you have to take this wonderful bit of crap that you might have written and you need to work with it. Uh, and that's old Sidney Crosby banging that hockey puck into his dryer, you know, and missing the, the net sometimes, getting it other times. You need to learn the skills, the craft to add on to the, the joy of the original inspiration before you're going to share it with people. You've turned a, a clothes dryer into a character in this book. How, how often have you turned something ordinary into the extraordinary in your books? I guess I've been told that uh, in some of the autobiographical writing that I've done, I've taken very ordinary day-to-day -day things and tried to put a really interesting spin on them. And, you know, as a writer of nonfiction, I think that that's my job. Um, I was writing a kind of essay. I'm not allowed to use that word. Some people think it's a bad word, so I'm sorry. But, you know, Personal I was writing essay. an essay. Per perfectly good form. <laughs> it was about coming home. Just, you know, the idea of coming back home to Nova Scotia after travels, after going someplace. And as soon as I started to riff on that, I, I realized I was writing about something extremely ordinary and extremely universal. And my job was to try and put a spin on it with story that got to other people and their readers. Um, one of the one of the stories that I wrote it was a nonfiction thing. It was about the death of my father in, in real life, and it was published in the Chronicle Herald one year, among many, many other things that I wrote. But it touched so many people, and I heard from so so many people so often about reading that thing. Of just you know, this was my experience of my my elderly father died, and here's what I have to say about it. And it just opened up people in ways that again reminded me that you know all of our ordinary experiences, you know, the things that we all experience, you know, if I can tap into something and write about them. And again, it's not just whatever comes out of my head. It's the craft. What do we do with those words so that other people feel both the emotional context and the story and, you know, the quality when I wanted to convey about my father. And, you know, I, I know it can be done, but I can't do it all the time. You're not only a prolific author, you publish other writers' works through uh, Pottersfield Press, which you founded. How does your discipline compared to the discipline of a professional athlete like Sidney Crosby? Because you're doing quite a lot. You're a busy guy. Uh, I like juggling things. And, you know, when I put on my publisher hat, uh, I'm working as a mentor for other writers sometimes, but uh, often they're the mentor for me. They're teaching me new things. And I think the, you know, that business side of being a publisher is the idea that I've got a little bit of control and I can make things 
happen as opposed to just writing my own work and you know seeing where it goes from there. Uh, it's tough because there's so many intricacies of publishing and and finding folks to actually read books, to buy books, and you know to do all that you know, important side of it. But uh, you know I'm exercising a different part of my brain for sure. Now, what about the the marketing side of all of this, uh, both for other authors and for yourself? I'm I'm thinking about this. I mean, did that present itself when you saw the clothes dryer at the sports museum that writing a story about Sidney Crosby might connect with a whole new audience? Well, I I guess I knew I was on to something that could be commercial, dare I say. But there's a big part of my brain that refuses to think about marketing, if you'll forgive me. It's just because oh, I want to write the darn book. I want to I want to write it and I want to send it out there. I want to be the, if I could, I'd like to be the writer that just, just let me write it and, and go away and hide back in my room. I know it doesn't work that way. Uh, people need to find out about it and, you know, they need to get the book in their hands. And that's where, you know, all that activity of the publishers comes in. So I really thank Nimbus for, you know, going the full distance to make this book happen. Leslie Choice, thanks for joining us on Book Me. It was great to be here. Can I go surfing now? Yes, you may. Thank you. Leslie Choice is the author, most recently, of Sid the Kid, published by Nimbus. He's written 97 other books for all ages and is the founder and operator of Pottersfield Press in Lawrencetown Beach, Nova Scotia, where he also rides the wild Atlantic surf in all seasons. To hear past episodes of our podcast, go to bookmepodcast.ca or just pop book me with an exclamation mark in your search engine. If you'd like to rate and or review our podcast, you can do it on iTunes. Even if it's a hard critical slap shot, we can take it. Book Me is sponsored by Nimbus Publishing and Arts Nova Scotia. Thanks to the Halifax Central Library for the use of its studio. Our producer is Robin Grant, and Lynn Fox wears the team jersey that indicates she's the technical captain. I'm Costas Halavrezos. Now, let's go read. Read.